Just as a warning for the listener, this podcast episode does have curse words in it. If you do not want to listen to a podcast with a few curse words, then this is not the episode for you, but it's overall a fantastic episode. And also, there are a few names that I have muted in post. So if you hear a part that sounds quieter, that is because I am censoring out a name for privacy reasons. I feel like storytelling comes in a lot of different forms and something that can be explored and just consumed in general throughout mostly every single human being around this planet. And today's guest is no exception when it comes to storytelling. Sam Harding is a Kansas City local and also a new friend of mine that I found in Los Angeles. We didn't know each other before I came here, but now that I am here, Sam and I have crossed paths and we decided to talk and get to know each other over a little bit of what I like to call a word before we leave. The classic, the usual, the podcast it's why you're here. We know why you're here. It's to listen to this podcast. Sam also has an EP dropping. It should be out now. Feel free to listen to it, share it, and send it to all your friends. And if you guys are really liking the EP, and if you're liking this podcast episode, feel free to share it along. Because spreading the word to hear more words is the best way to get this out there. Other than that, I'm going to let Sam plug his little EP real quick. And uh, thanks for coming and uh, joining us for this conversation. What's up, guys? My name is Sam Harding. Make sure you guys stream my new EP, Tapes That'll Never Reach You, if you want to hear an amazing story about somebody's first love. You might cry, you might laugh, you might go home and be sad, but you know what? That's the whole point of the the EP. Okay. (laughs) Dude, I don't know... (laughs) Oh, yeah. You can listen to my EP on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, literally every kind of music platform you can find. You can even find it on YouTube if you don't pay for any of those subscriptions. So, yeah, man, um, I love you. I don't know who you are listening to this, but I love you. And stream my EP. Take care, guys. This is Brett Gaffney. Welcome back to Word Before We Leave. Today we have Sam Harding. Sam, How's would you going? like to say anything? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, so for a word before we leave... Um, let's just jump right into it and start with word of the day. Word of the day is a little game that I like to play or a little segment. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to give you a word and give you the definition. And then both of us are going to come up with a sentence to say. All right. Okay. So today's word of the day is from Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Not sponsored as always, but maybe one Mm. day we will be sponsored. And the word is coalesce. Coalesce means to come together to form one group or mass or to join forces. And Merriam-Webster's definition uh, or example is the club's community service projects provide students with a common goal to coalesce around. What's the word? Coalesce. Coalesce. C-O-A-L-E-S-C-E. You know what's weird is that I feel like I've heard it before. Yeah? I, I feel like I've heard somebody say that before. I was When I've listened to your previous podcast, I feel like it's words that like I'd never heard before. But that one? Because there was like Taurus. Remember you were... Yeah, yeah. Taurus was from the first Taurus. one. Taurus. Yeah, but it sounds like tourist. Like somebody's like going on like, you know, like a Taurus on like a trip. Yeah, the bony pr- protuberance. Uh, yeah, yeah. He said like he, he bumped his Taurus on like the table and like it was kind of funny because it wasn't it something on his head. It's like a piece of a bone in your it's skull. Like I think I said that I bumped my Taurus on a table. And then he said, hey, look at that Taurus. Because Taurus was also a definition for like a, a column. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had like multiple definitions. But coalesce means to come together to form one group or mass or to join forces to join forces so i'll give you a little bit of a little bit of time to come up with a sentence so like let me think for a sec so let's say we're at like a bar all right and there's some jackass trying to like fight us so me and brett need to coalesce to beat him up would that work that would work that's perfect Nice. nice and my sentence would be 
the audience of A Word Before We Leave coalesced together to make it the second best podcast in the Los Angeles area. Why second best? Because everyone loves a runner-up, you know? Everyone wants to root for the rookie. True, true. Uh, it's like the underdog, you know? Yeah, yeah. Everyone loves the underdog story. If you listen to the best, then you just listen to NPR. Yeah, facts. Okay, now we can just jump into the podcast. So I'm going to start... Are you sure this sounds good? I'm so worried. You I promise. Heart. I I'm, promise. I'm so, like, so right now, if anyone's listening, the people that are listening, I have the mic on my chest and I feel like it can, you guys can hear my heartbeat. That's what I'm worried about. Normally, I have to be the one that warns the audience. So I'm glad that you took the, <laughs> the brand end on that. So yeah, we are in Sam's living room, just so you know, as the audience member. And we're going to start talking about who Sam is and like what makes him get up every day, get out of bed, and what motivates him daily to be who he is and to grow and strive to be a better person. So Sam, here's the first question. All right. What is something that you are passionate about and how would you explain it to somebody that doesn't know anything about it? Hmm. So... I'm passionate about a lot of things. I'd say, you know, uh, I'm passionate about being an entertainer in general. And so, you know, I, I've been an actor for, um, what has that been now? Uh, I've been an actor for 13 years, I think. Yeah. I've been an actor for 13 years. And it's something that I always loved growing up. Um, and I always had this this thrill of being on stage. I was a theater actor growing up. I did theater for a long time. Same. So, yeah. And then slowly moved into film from that. And so I'm kind of going on a tangent here. So what I would expl- – and I'm also – what I was going to say is that, uh, you know, my passion is is acting, but I also – I make music as well, and that's also another passion of mine as well. So I I would say music also is a little bit more popular for me currently. Um, a lot of people like my music. Um, it's not that acting is unpopular. It's just you can make your own destiny with music. You can't make your own destiny. I mean, you can make your own destiny with acting, and that's kind of what I've tried to do by starting my own production company, like Samson Productions. But like you also... You know, you have to audition. You have to get a callback. They have to like your headshot in general. You have to have, like your reel. You know, someone else picks your destiny, kind of. With music, you choose your own. That's what I always loved about music. But uh, the what I would explain to somebody that doesn't, you know, know. Uh, what was the question again? How would you explain your passions to somebody that doesn't know much about it? I would explain my passions to somebody, kind of like, kind of just explaining it. You know, like just what I do is is I entertain. Is a short answer. Is I want to be an entertainer. I want to make you leave this room feeling better than when you came in or feeling different than when you came in. My music's all kind of sad and I want people to feel what I'm feeling when I was writing, what I was feeling when I was writing the song. If they're going through a breakup, you know, I want them to feel like it almost gets you more in touch with your feelings because you can like realize, oh, maybe I'm not over this person as much as I thought. And that's what like sad music can do for people. And that's what like, you know, even like a douchebag character as an actor you know it reminds you of a friend that's kind of a douchebag and you kind of come to terms more like oh is that guy actually not really as good as he claims you know or or as nice as he claims or as good of a friend as he claims um or you know there's a really good boyfriend in in the film and it makes you kind of reflect and be like all right well my boyfriend or girlfriend is nothing like this person in this film and it makes you reflect so that's what i'm saying when i i feel like i want i want to entertain people 
It's where they leave a room different than when they came in. You considering yourself as an entertainer, which I think is a beautiful way to put it, because you're multifaceted. You can do song, you can do acting, you can produce your own films. What is something that entertains you? Oh, man. I mean, obviously music and acting it definitely entertains me. The thing that, that's actually a good question for me, because honestly, like, if I'm being completely honest, like, I've literally talked to my therapist, therapist about this, too. And, bro, and I've written it down so many times, like, I don't have hobbies, man. Like, I don't have, like, really any hobbies. Like, all my hobbies eventually turn into work for me. So, like, I'm trying to work with my therapist to try to find a hobby for myself. Because I can't find one. Like, acting was a hobby and now it's a job. Music, they, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like a bad job by any means. It's just like, it's just not a hobby anymore. It's got you busy. Yeah, it's got me super busy, man. Like, you know, so, I mean, even working on this album, Tapes That'll Never Reach You, or not my album, cutout album, working on this EP, Tapes That'll Never Reach You, it's been like, just an insane amount of work just to make every single song, make music videos for every song, and then p- put all promotion before and after for the song and the music video after the the EP comes out. Like, it's just, there's so much work that gets put into it to where it's like a job. So, like, I, I actually, like, I'd say, like, what entertains me is, you know, it's hard in LA, but I guess I could say one of my hobbies is actually, like, doing physical things. Like, like when I lived back in Missouri... I lived on 20 acres of land and I would go just run in the fields with my German Shepherd dogs or ride four-wheelers or, you know, shoot a basketball hoop from time to time. I remember I would just randomly go. I was old, like, trying to paint a picture for the crowd, you know? Yeah, trying, trying keep to paint the story a, going. Yeah, yeah, trying to paint a picture for the audience. Like, I I had this, I lived on 20 acres of land back in Missouri, two big red barns with white trim, and there was an old rusty basketball hoop. And I would play on that basketball hoop all the time during the summers. And whenever I just needed an excuse, I, I suck at basketball too. Like I'm not good at basketball. Me neither. So like, yeah. So like, I just loved physical activity, physical challenge, and and it really made my brain stimulated. And I would just, I would, I would, I would actually enjoy and have this peace. And so I would always just go out there and I would shoot this little old basketball in this rusty hoop, and I would do it randomly. Get it's like a what is it called when a dog gets like spurts of energy. And they just run in circles. Zoomies. You know what it's called? Zoomies. I just like, I get random zoomies to like run outside and run in the field or play basketball, even though I sucked at basketball. And I would play from anywhere from 15 to 45 minutes. And it would, and I would do that two to three times a day. So when's the last time you think you've, you've played? Probably two years. Two years? Yeah, since I moved to LA. Do you think finding... And I don't want to shoot on, I don't want to go into a 24-hour fitness and play either. It's not the same. No, it's There's not. an aesthetic with the fields and the barns and the dogs and the rusty hoop that's not perfect. It's home. It's home. Yeah. And the thing is is like I love LA. Do not get me wrong. Like I love the city. I've always been kind of a city kid at heart. I've low key been a city kid in the country. You know, I was always going to the city for auditions and I was in musical theaters in in downtown Kansas City all the time. I technically grew up in Kearney, Missouri. I would go downtown Kansas which is about twenty five minutes from Kansas City, downtown Kansas City. <clears throat> I'll go down to Kansas City for obligations with my agent or things like that. Cause I, and I always loved the city, but I always loved the country at the same time. And I think like for my mental health too is like I've always needed a backyard. Like I've, I, I'm just a guy. I need a backyard. And I do live in, in, in L.A. I live across the street from a park. And I do go there sometimes, but I don't go there enough. The thing that's also great about my home life was that it was, it was 20 acres 
of silence and I was by myself. If I go to if I go to a park, it feels like it's it's like the Matrix, or it's like formulated to be there for me, and it's like a simulation. Mm-hmm. But instead, I can live in the in like nature. Yeah. And nature is made here, but nature is there in Missouri. If that makes sense, like, like it feels parks. fabricated here. Yeah. There's parks that are like, oh, here's a park so you can enjoy nature instead of like actually having nature. I mean, don't get me wrong. California has beautiful nature, beautiful mountains and, and hikes and things like that. And they're all great. But I also didn't grow up hiking. I'm from Missouri. So I do enjoy a hike. It's a great, uh, there, is a, there is a beauty in a great hike, but I'm just not really a hiking type guy. Like, cause I, you know, there's no mountains in Missouri. It's all flat. So I just, the green plains of flatness was like fun for me. And like, that's what I like associate my nature with. Um, and you know, you know, it has beautiful beaches, but there is something about it too. Is like, I feel like if I was on a hike by myself, if I was on a hike by myself, or if I was at a beach completely by myself, then I would feel that. It's when it's like, feels like it's crowded is when it feels also like weird to me, you know, cause I can't, I, I have really ADHD. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like looking around at what other people are doing, what other people are talking about instead of like enjoying the nature sometimes. So would you say that solitude is a concept that you try to lean towards when you're trying to find like moments of relaxation or even just moments of play? Yeah. I mean, like that's the thing is I, str- I struggle a lot to be alone. I, I had this friend and my friends in high school, they would always tell me like, do you ever, do you ever sleep or relax? Like, do you ever like, you know, cause it was always the next joke, the next, you know, how can I make everyone laugh? Like, how can I, you know, have a party at my house? How can I have people over this tonight? Like it was always that give, 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 give. And when you give a lot, you get taken as well. So I think also like there was a lot of things taken from me and it made me like, dude, I threw a party this is just mentally taken from like just mentally having to provide for, for like friends yeah. to be there and guests. But I had my wallet stolen from my, from a party at my own house. Like somebody stole my wallet when I was like for my birthday, on my birthday actually. Yeah. It was wild. And I, and I, and like, it's just like, yeah, I'd say like I struggle to find hobbies. Yeah. I struggle to relax and I think me being alone is something that does help that. And it did help that. But I also get insecure about being alone because I feel like there's people who are like waiting on me or like wanting me to hang out with them. And I'm like, oh, I'm alone right now. But like, you know, so-and-so, I haven't texted them in a long time. Maybe I should call them. Things like that. Like those, those thoughts start to come to my mind where I never really let myself relax. Like my guard is always up. Like I'm, I'm not guard, but I'm always... My mind is always running. My mind's always like just going. That's why it's funny when my friend from high school was like, do you ever relax? And when she asked me that, I've literally never forgot that. Her name was Abby Adrian. I literally will never forget. Shout out to was. Abby Adrian. Yeah. I don't even know if she's ever going to listen to this, but uh, yeah, that when she told me that it was her senior year of high school, it stuck with me. I still think about that every day. I'm like, man, I do need to relax. I do need to like chill like maybe take a nap (laughs) well i think this is like a perfect way for you to have a moment of play and we can play a little segment called wordplay nice so this is a very reoccurring segment very fan favorite as a lot of people have told me and the concept of the game is simple we're both going to think of a word and then we're going to say it at the same time Oh yeah, yeah, I know this game. And is there there a limited amount? Sorry, I'm no. We could we could go on for thirty times. 
as money as we want. I've done. I've done one, the last episode I did. It was we got it in the first try, like first two tries. Wow. And then we did it again, and we got it in the first two tries. But I've played this with other people, and it's gone on for ten minutes. That's crazy. Let's do it. So let's just. You can't. Okay, so the, the number one rule is you can't do anything that's in the room or anything that we've talked about previously. Okay. And then once okay. we've started going into the the game, try not to re-say a word we've already said. Okay. So I'll give you a second to think of a random word. I, Nothing I in the room. It. You already got a word. Can it be like someone? Tr- try to avoid names, but you can do names. Okay. Okay. And then like just think of like a word. Just a word. Okay. Ready? Wait, I gotta think of a word. <laughs> I got one. I got it. Ready? Three. One. Wait, no. Wait, I'll wait. count us down. I'll count us down. I'll count us okay. down. Okay. Three, two, one. Bridge. Bat. Oh, you, I got it. I know what it bridge is. Bridge and bat. Yeah. Three, two, one. Go- Gotham. Oh, Batman and Gotham. Oh. Okay. Um. Uh. Three, two, one. I don't have one. Uh, I don't have anything. I got one. I got one. Okay. Uh. Three, two. Wait, I don't. Wait, I don't have it though. I don't have something. Wait, Batman and Gotham. Uh. 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 It's it's so easy. Uh, Batman and Gotham. Batman, Gotham. Batman, Gotham. Okay. Three, two, one. Joker. Robin. Oh, fuck, oh. dude! I would kill to play Robin in like anything. As Same, an dude. I would. My my dream roles. If there's any cast directors like you can sh- you can go check out my uh, acting reel. Um, if you look up Sam Harding acting reel on YouTube, you can find it. But I want to play the Human Torch, or Nova, or Spider Man, or Harry Osborn, or Robin would be cool as well. It would be cool. That's DC. DC's on on the come up though. It is. They're about to take over. Yeah. Anyways, Robin and Joker. How how deep cut do you know your Batman? I mean, I think I know the next. Do you? I I think I know the next, but I feel like I'm going to go too deep on this one. Don't go too deep. Think of surface level. Think of think of think of the Batman movies that came out in like, you know, like George Wait, can I say anything? No, 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 no. The whole point. Okay, okay. No hints, no hints. <laughs> All right. So All right. we got Joker and Robin. I got it. Three, two, one. Bat- Mr. Batgirl. Freeze. Ah. Uh, okay, Mr. Freeze and Batgirl. This is going to take so long. Okay, Mr. Freeze and Batgirl. Let's just spitfire it. Okay, Mr. Freeze and Batgirl. First thing one. that comes to your head. Three, two, one. R- Penguin. Riddler. Fucking fuck, man. Okay. Penguin and Riddler. Uh, three, two, one. Harley Quinn. <laughs> I didn't have a word. I was thinking. Okay, so we have. We'll go back to Penguin and Riddler. Don't say Harley Quinn. Okay. I'm. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I think I got a word. Penguin, Harley Quinn. Simple. Keep it simple. Keep this one real simple. Okay. Three, two. I don't have. I don't have. I don't have it. I don't have it. We just gotta be on the same wavelength. I'm sending you a word right now, and you just gotta receive it. Are you ready? Wait, wait I just no, no. It's oh, so simple. Was... Just keep it super, super simple. Penguin. Oh, I got it. And Mr. Freeze. I got it. One, two, three. Villains. Villains. Oh, oh dude, I was gonna actually. Is. You know what's so funny is that when I was like, oh yeah, I got it, I got it. I was gonna say DC. I was also going to say DC. And then I was like, no, nah, he's probably going to say villains. And so like, I was right, totally going to say villains right too. at two. I was like villain, you know, I got yeah, villain in my head. Solid. That's crazy. Okay. So let's dive a little deeper. Betsky. You ready for that? Are you cool with that? Yeah, man. I am ready for that. So you have an album coming out an EP coming out. Yeah. What is 
what is what has brought you to this process? What's brought you to want to make an EP? Dude, I think overall I'm just a storyteller. I want to tell a story. I love telling stories. Um, it just runs in my blood. My brother loves telling stories. My sister loves telling stories. My dad loves telling stories. You know, it's like a, I think, you know, it's a story about my first love. And it's about somebody that was super important to me at a certain point in my life. Like, literally, like, there was times where I was like, I don't know how I could live without this person, literally. And I can't believe I got to that point, too. I was so young, too. It's crazy. How old were you? Uh, Well, I started dating this girl when I was 15. Okay. Or 14 or 15, something like that. And we were together, you know, up until I was 18. Um, for freshman to senior year, we had a really rocky relationship though. I will not lie to you. And a lot of it kind of came on to my fault. You know, I was just young and I was, my feelings were so strong for this girl that I didn't know what to do with them. And I felt like my life was already over when I was with her because she wanted this, she wanted to freaking get married, bro. And I was like, not really fucking with it, but I also loved her a lot, but it also had this pressure on me at such a young age. Like there was so much pressure on me and I would like get, I would get overwhelmed and I'd cut it off and then I'd realize I missed her. And it was just such a bad like cycle that I got stuck in. And I so I really hurt her. Uh, and like, I regret a lot of the ways I treat her. If I still think about it to this day, I'm like, damn, like I'm so much of a better human being than I was then. But I also didn't know who I was. I was so young. I was fucking 15 to 18. I didn't know I didn't know any better, you know? And I think what, what happened was, you know, after everything ended uh, between her and I, my my senior year, uh, I cut it off, bro. I couldn't handle it, and it kind of cut off in this toxic way. And, uh, yeah, it, it, like, left me pretty scarred, but I didn't want to feel the pain. I didn't want to feel the pain. So I started dating this. I started pursuing this other girl. This other girl was like, really cool and like really really pretty and like awesome you know but the thing is is that like it was almost like i i i was already had an open wound from and i moved on to i I forced myself to move on too fast and i got cut open again even deeper with this next girl and what really left me scarred for fucking three years after we broke up, well, not three years, I think, well, maybe it has been three years, but maybe two years, um, I was scarred for, what maybe left me scarred for two years was that she started dating one of my, I want to say best friends, but a very close friend of mine, my first girlfriend, the, or wait, I don't want to say her name. <laughs> I, 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 you already said it once and I was thinking, I was like, I'm just going to like bleep it. I, I had these dreams and ambitions about, you know, moving to LA and, and, but she wanted to get married and I just felt so stuck and like. A lot. And so I cut it off. It was like one of the hardest things I ever do, bro. I don't think I've ever cried so hard in my life. Like, it was horrible. Like, so bad, man. It was a lot of pain, man. And, um, but then I tried to move on too fast and I met this girl. And right when I started pursuing her, and after I, I had literally, like, we just kind of cut things off, uh, started dating one of my close friends. And I went to a small high school. There was like 23 people in my graduating class. So I had to deal with them all over each other for a year. The girl who I was with for three years is now with somebody that I've 
that guy that she started dating, I'd poured my heart to about her too. Like I had a lot of deep conversations with this guy. So I felt very betrayed and very, just my trust was fucking through the window at that point. And, um, I act like it didn't bother me for the whole year. I fooled myself even into thinking that it wasn't bothering me to where I didn't even feel like it bothered me for a whole year. And then I moved to LA and I was like thinking to myself, like, damn, I don't think I was ever even over the first, I don't think I was ever over the girl from high school. I don't think I was ever over her. And it fucking bothered me a lot when I first moved to LA and I was embarrassed. I was humiliated. And around this time I started making music too. And I was like, I have this story about my first love that I never really, I never really came to terms with. I mean, we broke up at the beginning of 2019 and it's 2020, almost 2021 at this point. And I had so much things I never, I wanted to say to her that I never got to say. And I, I just had pride and I just acted like it didn't bother me. And I didn't fight for it. I didn't fight for anything. And I, in some parts of me, I feel like she wanted me to fight for it, but I didn't. And that, that's what, that's what it was. I was basically stuck. She's with this guy. I was in California and I was fucking tripping over my high school sweetheart. After all this time, you know, I act like it didn't bother me. I was fine. I was broken inside and I just started making these songs, you know, like things that bothering me, you know, the, the first song I made is letter to myself and it's the, the chorus is, you know, you'll miss them when they're gone. And that's something that is, that I, it sounds basic, but it's something that I started to realize. I was like, damn. Like, you don't really realize how much you, and I know it's so cliche, but you really, you really, really, really don't realize how much you miss somebody until they're gone. Yeah, that's true. And so, that, that's what, that's the first song I ever made. That's going to be on the album. It's track four. And then I made the song Fly Away, which is track one. And then I made the song Cry. Actually, what's crazy is I recorded Cry and Fly Away the same day. Really? Yeah. But you made Cry, the music video for it, like, months later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, months later. But, um, and then I made Thought of Me, which is track two, and then, uh, I made track four, obviously, is Letter to Myself, and then Sold Soul, track five, and then track six is Second Choice, which is kind of like the wrap of the whole story. I was always her second choice, things like that. Sold Soul talks about the conversations we had when we were, our relationship was kind of coming to an end. Actually, we had a conversation, me and her, after we broke up while she was dating the new guy before I moved to LA, and I... And I asked her if she loved him, and she was like, yeah, I love the guy, to my face. I was like, okay, damn. And I kind of just had to sit there and accept that she loved this other dude. And so the song's called Sold Soul, because she told me not to sell my soul when I moved to L.A. But inside, it was always sold to her. And that's the hook of the song uh, for Sold Soul. And the thing is about her is that when I really think about it, when she was talking to me in that car, I still felt like she wanted... She still was holding on to me in a way and I was still holding on to her. And I think that that's the part that never gave me closure is because I felt like she was always holding on and I was mm-hmm. always kind of holding on very, very lightly. Mm-hmm. I, might, I might be completely wrong about her, but at least I was holding on. And so, uh, yeah, I made all these songs. I make songs and I, and I work on them. And once they're done and finished, it's like the chapters closed, the time capsule for me. And then once they're out, I'm over it. I mean, I, I've been over her for she's married now. The girl from high the girl from high school. Really? She she married the girl actually that she started dating after me that like really fucked me up. She married that guy. Wow. Yeah. So I, so he he was your like one of your high school best friends. Yeah. I mean, uh he was new to my school 
and I, I, I welcomed him, welcomed him in with open arms and introduced him to all my friends. And I was dating, uh, his wife. That sounds so weird. <laughs> I was dating his wife, uh, when he first met me. Before she was a wife. Before she was a wife, for sure. Then everything kind of went to shit. And I, I just, and it also gave me just like abandonment issues and trust issues that followed me into my next relationship and my next one. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just never came to terms with it. And then, yeah, honestly, them getting married was, was, uh, was closure for me and this album. They literally just got married too. Like this, they literally got married. Like, I don't even know when the day was, but it was probably like, um, a month ago or so or two months ago. And my album's coming out. Or not my album. My EP is coming out in four days. Four days, man. We don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but, uh, let's just assume that this oh, yeah. podcast episode is out by the time the album is out. Like, my guess yeah, let's they'll come just out say, around let's just the say, same time. Should I just say my, my EP's out now? Might as well. It's crazy. They got married. I don't even know. Like, I don't even know when they got married, honestly. It was probably like a month ago or something like that. And my EP and is out now, like literally a month after or so when they get married and that's like it's like full closure for me and how it all just like worked out timing wise i didn't even plan this on purpose but when i first started making the album i was planning to put this thing out like so long ago but things just kept getting pushed back and and different opportunities with being an actor and, and producer kept pushing other music things back and yeah, i mean i finished this album december of 2021 so i finished this album a long time ago finished the last track wow but it's a time capsule so it's all fresh for these people that are going to be listening to it, but it's a time capsule. It's, it's, it's how I was feeling in these moments. And I was fucking depressed. I was fucking sad, man. I mean, I was embarrassed. Was I wasn't over a girl that I broke up with two years ago? Like, what the hell, man? That's, that's, that's kind of embarrassing. But I had to put my pride down and I had to just do these things. And, you know, it's, I don't want to necessarily go too deep in this topic because I know it's kind of not for everyone. But what's weird is there was one night where I felt like God was telling me, that she's going to get married. And I was like, what? And he, and he was telling me that she's getting married. You have to tell her how you feel. You have to get it off your chest. Not just through your music, but to her face, to her. So you want me to text her? You want me to text this girl that I haven't talked to in two years that has me unfollowed on everything? You want me to text this girl? He's like, yeah, you'll never heal if you don't. And it kept me up for like three nights in a row. I was just not sleeping. And then on the final night, I was like, fuck it. I typed up this huge message. And I just went full in, man. I didn't give a fuck. I was just like, fuck this. I'm just going to tell her how I feel. Typed up this huge message. Told her I still cried over her and shit. Went, went very vulnerable with her. It's my only opportunity. I, I had this one chance to be vulnerable with her. I didn't want I didn't want some, hey, get back together with me because I still cry over you. It was just like, a, this is how I get over you. This is how I move on. This is how I find happiness. And so I was like, went super vulnerable with her. She responded short message. I sent her like a Bible link text, like just literally such a long text. And she responded with a small couple words. I didn't care though, because it wasn't for her. It was for me. I think it's poetic how you just put that about how letting go of somebody that you cared about so much through talking to them, like, yeah. like connecting with them one, one last time is like enough of a catharsis to let them go. Yeah. Like yeah. the way that you interacted with her and you talked to her and you found yourself empowered in letting her know how you felt instead of just taking it out into your music and taking it out into your art. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was like the thing. And then what's crazy is, uh, three days later she got and she got proposed to God was right, man. Like That was a crazy thing. I felt it. He told me I did, I did something about it. Three days later, bam, married. She might've thought I knew 
I didn't know. I had no idea. Okay. So I think this is a perfect time to take another segment. This is a new segment for the audience. This is Spoken Word, and I'm going to have my dear friend, Matthew Blom, back in Nebraska. He has written an original piece, and he's going to say it. This is Remembering How, written and performed by Matthew Blom. I feel at home during the winter. How the grass seems to lose a little bit of life, and the tree branches see the empty sky unburdened by the joyful leaves, and how the vibrant blue turns gray, and the snow gently falling toward the cold dirt, desperately clumping up to form a thin, fragile blanket as if it's trying to protect the world from hurting itself, relying on the numbing cold to keep it alive, else it melts and bears the dirt with nothing to shield it from everything. When we are thrust from the warmth of our mother's loving nurture and into this industrial receptacle, no one thinks to ask if we want a blanket or a mug of hot chocolate. Not even a once warm pillowcase now settled at room temperature after the wash, as if this cold I now find myself in is normal. Like it isn't choking out the life I miraculously was given and forcing me into a quiet submission of solitary confinement, and I am made to reflect on a life I have barely begun to live. And forced to answer a question that I had yet to consider but now is the only thing that my brain can muster when I lay down my burden for the night. My great aunt used to make me coffee and cut it with milk. She would drag her faltering bones across her small room to pour the mug of safety I did not know how much I needed, and with a smile she would sit back in her favorite chair and continue her day of remembering her life that was slowly coming to an end. At her funeral, the casket presented this woman in all her glory, an eerily peaceful smile plastered on an aged, bone-thin husk, as if announcing to the confines of her world that she did it. She lived every day like it was her last until it was her last. Now I'm afraid my last is coming. I drink my coffee black now. I roll the dice every morning when I throw my lukewarm blanket off. Will today be fresh and new, or will it grasp my tightened throat and pull? I cannot keep my feet moving one after the other. Picking them up off the ground already takes all I've got, so how do I answer a question when asking it is already too much? Sometimes I wake to the sound of my feline friend bashing the door. Hard to hear over his starved meows and pleading scratches. It seems he has forgotten what food tastes like since the morning before. The banging and bashing and scratching and mewling and begging and grumbling wake me from my contemplation. The dice roll. I was not going to leave this bed. But now I guess I have to. I have grown used to the cold. I don't even wear a coat most of the time. Instead, I let the frosty air pass through me, hoping it will catch inside and freeze what's left. Just because I have grown used to the cold does not mean I do not feel the warmth reminding me that the frozen wastes are not the only place I have to roam. It would be easier. Much, much easier. If I just froze solid. 
if my blood running cold became more than just a metaphor, and hell freezing over was something more than just a thing to swear by, I could untether myself from the warmth that tells me there is something better. Let the walls fall in. I cannot hold them. My arms can snap and I wouldn't have to care. And let the wreckage trap me so at least I have a reason why I can no longer see the light or feel the warmth. Let it end. My mother used to wake me with a song. A rosy voice would hum along the halls of a house I once called home. Sometimes she would grace me with a refrain on the days my bed's gravitational pull was stronger than her rallying tune. It has become quite hard to rise and to shine and to praise the glory of a god I cannot decide if I believe in. But, some days, the sun peeks through my window at just the right angle. And I wake refreshed by dreams I cannot remember, but I know we're safe. And my first swig of water fuels my soul just right. And I am warm for a single moment. A moment I won't forget. The moments that urge me forward to lift my feet when they cannot be lifted. And to drink my coffee when it's too bitter. And to answer the questions I'm too afraid to ask. To trust the air that I would not let inside. And open my heart to love one more time. And sometimes, I forget that it's winter, because I'm warm, and being warm is nice. And welcome back to A Word Before We Leave. This is Brett Gaffney with Sam Harding. Sam, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling pretty swell. Do you think I answered the questions uh, fully, the last question? I was kind of worried about that. I kind of, I always go on a tangent. No, I think that's okay. Honestly, okay. I think that's okay. I think it's okay. the most human you and you got into your little dialogue. And I think that's important that you got to let that out to the world. Betsky, I love the world. The world loves you back. The world loves you, Brett. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so now I'm going to ask a more abstract question that's yeah. somewhat personal as we lead into the final two questions. Okay. What do you think future you would say to you now, now that you've dropped this album, this EP? Good job. That's it. That's really all I can think about. Like you actually did it. You, you actually put it out. You know, there's been times where I go up and down on insecurities and back to normal if I want to put it out or if it's even good or not. I think my older self would say, good job. Like, you know, you putting that out paved a way for where we are today. And I think another thing too is that if I was able to, you're saying if, you're saying if I, uh, yeah, like, yeah. like, let's say there's a time machine, yeah. and 80-year-old you, he came back. Yeah, what would I say to what him? Would you, first, what would you want him to say to you? Oh, I would want, what I would want him to, to do to me is hug me. Yeah? And say, it's all going to be okay. And what would you say to him? I'd probably fucking cry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is that I, from being, I have a, I have a rare autoimmune disease, so... I struggled with a lot as a kid and it's called pandas and nobody has it. It's like 1% of the world has it. But what happened is a strep virus got in my bloodstream, got sent up to my brain, made my brain swollen and then sent wrong signals around my body reacting in Tourette-like symptoms, uh, verbal and motor tics. And um, uh, there was some behavioral issues too. Like I was just kind of like at times my my mood would swing. It would also flare because autoimmune disease, they flare. And it was a very emotional time for me, but I fell in love with acting then. I was already acting, but I really fell in love with it then because I, whenever I'd go on stage, my tics would go away. So I fell in love with being on stage. But the thing is, is that I've always wanted to go back 
to myself today as a as a young as a young man now i've always wanted to go back and hug my 11 year old self and tell him that everything's going to be okay and so that's what i want to do that's what i also want to be is i want to be a voice for kids that have you know disabilities and things because i have them and i and i did and i did have them um it's a pediatric disease so it gets better as you get older but it it still affects me to this day not nearly as bad I want to be able to do this podcast when I was a kid. I would be making a bunch of noises. I want to be able to sit still. You know, it affects me still sometimes uh, mentally because it can it spikes anxiety higher than you know the regular person and things like that. And yeah, it, it and I still have some ticks here and there. I've learned to hide them though pretty well. No one knows. I'm, I'm able to hide them within natural walking or talking. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, I would I would I would hug myself. And would you ask him anything, eighty year old you? Would you want to know? I don't think I'd want to know. I would just want him to tell me that everything's going to be okay. Because I'm obviously going to have struggles that are going to happen until I'm 80. and yeah. But I can hold on to that, knowing that everything's going to be okay. Instead of saying, oh, you're going to marry this person, and then this person's going to die, and that, and this, and you're going to win this much money there, here. There's no excitement anymore. But if he's going to tell me everything's going to be okay, then I can hold on to that with excitement. I think it's so beautiful that you're not the first person to say that in this podcast. Really? Mm-mm. I've asked <laughs> a similar question to most, mostly every guest, and almost all of them, at least one, has said everything's going to be okay. And so I think it's, I think it's just the human nature, the human mind, the consciousness, the spirit, the soul. It hungers for that that safety. Mm-hmm. You don't need an 80 year old you to know that because you know it inherently down in in who you are because you just told yourself it yeah so i think that's something you can apply to yourself daily you know yeah 100 percent. yeah it is a really you're making me think now brett you're making me think now that's the goal (laughs) but i think it's i think we're getting close to that marker point to ask the final question okay would you care to share a word before we leave it's like no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) i've never had anyone say no um well i think to share a word before we leave it could be words or just a word it can be words it can be sentences it can be a paragraph it could be a dialogue the word before we leave is i i had this saying that i used to say it was show love and be love i used to say that all the time and uh I stopped saying it for some reason. But that was like my little saying. Yeah, I just say show love and be love. And that's that's my word before we leave. It just that's what makes the world go around, you know. Yeah, I don't know. There's nothing else that can beat that. Show love and be love. Well, ladies and gentlemen, days and them, Sam Harding here. Show love, be love. Wow. This is Brett Gaffney and I'm going to say a few quick thanks. I'm going to say thank you to Sam Harding. Thank you to thank Jacob you. Harding. Thank you to Ryan Moore. Ryan Murr. Ryan Murr. Thank you to Ishan Parikh, Morgan McCoy, uh, Miley Garcia, Parker Ryle, of course, Rick Galloway, Kelly Bowling, uh, Matthew Gaffney, Mom, Dad, Grandma, Grandpa, everybody that listens to the podcast, Christy Haas, Emily Shakai, Matthew Blom, again, just for providing that poem today. And maybe you, too, can... Show some love to somebody that you don't know or somebody that you do know throughout this day. As always, this is Brett Gaffney, and this has been A Word Before We Leave. Thanks for listening. Hey, do you have, like, a door nearby?
like I something do. I can close, like a door I can like physically close, because this yeah. is how I like close out every podcast. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, can I plug my album real quick? Yeah, yeah. Talk right, about my EP. Album. Talk about your album right now. Talk okay. And then once you're done, I'm gonna like physically shut a door, close the door. There's the bathroom door. And there's that door. Perfect. All right, plug it. Yo, so um, my EP tapes will never reach you is out now. Stream it if you want to cry and feel also sad. Um, it's gonna. Oh, I gotta find a better way to plug this thing. I always, okay. Hold on. Let me find a better way to plug this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's up, guys? My name is Sam Harding. Make sure you guys stream my new EP tapes that'll never reach you. If you want to hear an amazing story about somebody's first love. You might cry, you might laugh, you might go home and be sad, but you know what? That's the whole point of the uh, the EP. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Oh yeah, you can listen to my EP on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, literally every kind of music platform you can find. You can even find it on YouTube if you don't pay for any of those subscriptions. So, yeah, man. Um I love you. I don't know who you are listening to this, but I love you. And Stream my EP. Take care, guys.